This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This week we have the source of Laning Parshas Miketz. Parshas Miketz tells us the amazing story of the rise of Yosef. Yosef is in the dungeon and Para has a dream. Nobody can interpret his dream. He tries to get people to interpret the dream. They don't do it right. And Rashi tells us they interpret it as as he's going to have seven daughters, they're going to get married, etc. And Pilate does not accept them. And then Yesav comes, and Yesav interprets the dream, and Pilate says the interpretation is correct, and he makes him the viceroy. The viceroy is like you have a vice president, so it's the viceroyal, second to the king, the most important person in in the, in the country after Pilate. Which leads to the question of why. If what Yasef did was so smart, so brilliant, he was the best dream interpreter, he should have made him the, the CDI, the chief dream interpreter. That's what he is. You're a great dream interpreter. Here's your corner office and do your thing there. Why did Pyre make him second to the king? He was, he was in, coming from jail. What did he do to make him so great? And we see in this parasha how he comes from nothing and he rises all the way to the top. In last week's parsha, we saw the exact opposite. Last week's parsha, we see Yasef with his brothers and his family. Yasef's on top. Yasef is the favorite son of his father Yaakov. Yaakov learns with him and teaches him things he didn't teach anybody else. He stays with Yaakov. Yaakov got him the special clothing, extending his passim. He was on top. He had these dreams. He's going to be the ruler. He's going to be in charge. And he went all the way from there up down. So we see Yasef has this all the way to the top, going all the way to the bottom. And once he's on the way on the bottom, he goes all the way to the top. What happened? What was the turning point of Yasef? So the two questions. First of all, what made Pare bring him up so high that he should become second to the king? And second of all, what happened? This What was the turning point of Yasef that he was so high up, went all the way down, and then from all the way down, all the way up? So Pari saw something in Yesu which was very interesting. When Pari, when Yesu was all the way on top, what was he doing? So you know the Pastor tells us he was looking at himself, making himself beautiful. He was going around telling the brothers what they're doing wrong. And he was saying how he's going to be a leader, he's going to be in charge. Everything Yesu was saying was me, me, me. This is what I'm doing, this is what I'm going to do, look at me. And because of that he went all the way down, he fell all the way down. What was his turning point? What was Yasef's turning point? He went all the way down, he was sold by his brothers as a slave into Mitzrayim. And once he's in Mitzrayim, he's accused of, as a slave, he's accused of something, and now he goes to the dungeon. What happens when he's in the dungeon? So, he was sold when he was 17. Now, he's almost 30 years old. The Pasuk tells us, in last week's parashat of Yasef, Perik Mem, Pasuk Avav, Yesuf sees the Sar Mashma Sar Aifim. He comes over to him in the morning. He sees them and they were Zayafim. They were troubled. Troubled, Rashi says. I'd save them. They were sad. So he tells them, he asked them, what, what's going on? Why do you look so bad? He said, what do you, why do we look so bad? <laughs> we're in jail. How should we look when we're in jail? Yesuf says, no, no, no. I, I've seen you the past few days. I know you're sad because you're in jail. I'm also in jail. But today, you look a lot worse. So they tell them, he said, we had a dream and we can't interpret the dream. And what does Yesus say to them? 
Interpretations belong to Hashem. Sapunoli, tell them to me. And they tell him the dream, and he interprets it for them. That is something that Pari saw in Yosef. What is this thing? That until now Yosef thought of himself. And now at this point Yosef was mature. Yosef at 30 realized that's not what life is. Life is not thinking about yourself. Life is thinking about others. Once Yosef started to think about others, it was then that Yosef's rise started to happen. He started to realize to think like a king. A king, a king is someone who thinks of others. And therefore, Yasef started to think of others. And that's what Pari saw in Yasef. Pari saw in Yasef, all the other people interpreting the dreams, having to do with Pari, with his children, with his, his weddings, things that had to do with Pari. Yasef came along and said, if a king has a dream, it's not for just the king. It affects the whole country. And that is what he told Pari. He said, there's going to be, a, there's going to be abundance. And then there's going to be a famine. And the famine is going to be so bad, it's almost going to erase the abundance, the, the allot. And you have to, then he gives him advice. You have to get somebody who's going to take care to make sure they have what to eat them. Pari saw that character trait in Yasef, that Yasef thinks like a king. A king is someone who thinks of others. He realizes that it's not about him. He's a country to think of. And therefore he points him to be second in command. And that is a switch that happened to Yasef, from thinking of himself to thinking of others. In Haifa, in 1960, there was a rabbi who had a shul there. And it was a very nice shul. It was a popular shul. And on Shabbos morning especially, it was a beautiful minion. All types of yidin came. It was a beautiful minion. The only problem was, the beginning of the block, the beginning of the street, was a store. A large clothing store. And from this clothing store, it was open on Shabbos. And people were coming to the shul, and the store was open. So a few times the rabbi went over to this person and said, you know, maybe you can close the shul at Shabbos. And the person says, leave me alone. You do what you want to do. Don't bother me. There's nothing this rabbi can do. A few more times he asked him nicely, always nicely, and never. One time he came over to me and said, you know, I heard that the Beit Knesset Hagadol, the large synagogue in Yerushalayim, the street in front of it is open on Shabbos, unfortunately. But during the times of davening, it's closed. Maybe you can do the same thing over here. We start diving at 8.30. Maybe at 8.30 until 11.30, you can close your store. The guy says, get out of here. My store is being open. It's the best day for me. I don't want to hear from you. Ultimately, about 19, around 1960, he went over to the Sarat Vision Sarebbe. The Sarat Vision Sarebbe went over to him. The Baruch Hager, who's known after the name of his Sefer, the Makar Baruch. And he went over to him. And he said, look, Rebbe, what should I do? This, this, the store is open. He explains the whole situation. I tried nicely. I don't know what to do. So the Rebbe looks and says, tell me, do you love this person? He says, do I love this person? Rebbe, I just said, he's Mechal Shabbos. He doesn't listen to any of our requests. He won't even close the store for two or three hours. Of course, I know I hate him. Of course I don't love him. So the Rebbe looks at him and said, how do you know that you hate him because he's not keeping Shabbos. Maybe he's not keeping Shabbos because you hate him. And the Rav looks at the what? That's right. How do you know that you hate him because he's not keeping Shabbos? Maybe he's not keeping Shabbos because you hate him. And the Rav heard this and he was he was perplexed. He didn't know what he was talking about. 
And he said, what do you mean? He said, how could I love him? So the Rebbe looks at him and says, what do you mean? Every year it has a neshama. First of who gave us a neshama. We can sully it, we can make it a little dirty, but there's parts of the neshama that always remains pure and always remains clean. And the Baruch Hu loves every single Jew. There's nothing a Yid can do. There's nothing a Jew can do that would take away Hashem's love for him. So if Hashem loves him, shouldn't you love him too? He doesn't know better. It's a hard sign. You don't know. You should love him. See, he wasn't clear what to do. He says, Rebus, I don't understand. So he says, go and love him. You'll see. So this Rav went next Shabbos. He thought about it during the week. I don't know what his design is. I don't know what his test is. And next Shabbos, he walks into the store on the way to show. And the guy sees him. He says, what do you want from me? I just want to wish you Shabbat Shalom. I want to wish you good Shabbos. He says, what? Good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. And I want to tell you that I love you. He says, what? What are you talking about? You're my fellow Jew. You have a Jewish neshama. I have a Jewish neshama. We're brothers. I love you. And he walks out of the store. The next Shabbos, the rabbi is going to Shul again. He stops into the store. And now the storekeeper says, Now what? Nothing. Shabbat Shalom. Achi, my brother, I love you. I want to tell you that I love you. He went over, shook his hand, he gave him a hug. And he did this every single Shabbos. And after a few months, he comes to the store. And sure enough, on Shabbos morning, the store was closed. And the person started to close the store every Shabbos. And what the Rebbe told him was true. How do you know that you hate him because he's a Machal Shabbos? Maybe he's a Machal Shabbos because you hate him. Which means the way we look at people has a lot to do with us, not so much with the person we're looking at. And that is a lesson Yasef himself learned. That to live a life of success, to be Matzliach, to be an Ish Matzliach, is not by looking at yourself. To be an Ishmat Sliach is about looking at others. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you? If we do that, we can emulate Yasef as well. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.